fourth place in the you World Cup. For us. Yes, hello and welcome to the Fox Football Podcast. I'm Adam Peacock. This is brought to you once again by EA Sports FIFA 21. Win as one. Robbie Slater is here again. Rob, how are you? Yeah, I still haven't got that FIFA thing. It's going, it's going, it's going. And a big welcome for the first time from Fox Sports News, man who's across all Everything. the football news 24-7. James Dodd. Dodd, yeah. how are you, mate? Very good. You, Thanks. Good to be to, here, boys. Yeah, well, why'd you have to bring him on? Because we're going to talk after. No, because he'll know when I'm lying. Well... He does. He's across everything. Yeah, just, he's just bought FIFA 21 as well. So that, that, oh, do that's you? Yeah, I do, yeah. Did you buy FIFA 21? Uh, yeah. Well, that was very stupid. I don't you get got you one for like nothing. You. <laughs> All right. Who's your main man on uh, FIFA <laughs> that 21? Sounds, that sounds so bad. I get freebies <laughs> like you. So, in other words, it's tight-ass Robbie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't want to say anything. Who's, uh, your, who's your main guy? I started career mode with Erling Haaland at oh, okay. Borussia Dortmund. So, it's easy. Yeah. You know, if you play on amateur... And score 10 goals a game. Yeah. yeah that's quite well, but... It's like playing for Pip ARSL <laughs> AL3s with Borussia Dortmund's main striker. Anyway, let's get into all the uh, the football chat. Champions League this morning and yesterday mm. morning. Anything jump out? Barcelona getting the job done in uh, in Turin against Juventus. Some other results around the place, Dottie. Yeah, Ma- Marcus Rashford. What a performance Hat-trick, from yeah. him. Hat-trick against RB Leipzig. A team that everybody thought, oof... Well, they're, doing, cause, they're, they're going pretty yeah, well. Yeah. Caused some problems against Manchester United. But Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has this weird habit of all the criticism that he receives, big games, they play brilliant. Mm. You saw them against Chelsea, okay, they were a bit defensive. And, you know, if anyone was going to win that game last week in the Premier League, it was Manchester United. But mm. 5-0 against, against uh, Leipzig, team, yeah. yeah. A good side. Who got late in the Champions League last season, Leipzig. Mm. What Did, a performance from him on and off the field as well. Mm. All the stuff he's been going through against the government in the UK. Yeah, Marcus Rashford. I mean, all the uh, all the stuff that he's doing for the underprivileged children mm-hmm. all around the place, as opposed to what the government's doing. Don't want to get all political here, mm-hmm. and we will a bit later on. We will ask Dottie about his man, Mesut Ozil. But, <laughs> Robbie, uh, did Julian Nagelsmann... Did, I'm not sure if you saw his, his get-up, but it looked like... Um, well, it looked like he was in the clubhouse in Caddyshack with his <laughs> jacket. Did he deserve to lose 5-0 with a get-up like that? Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, you can get away with anything on a podcast, so I guess yeah, it was it wasn't great. <laughs> it wasn't great, but each to their own. I mean, each to their own. We've all made mistakes, <laughs> fashion mistakes. Um, yeah, just on uh, no Ronaldo for Juventus Big. as well, and they get dusted. Pirlo's finding it um, not easy. At uh, Juventus, it was a surprising appointment given that he had the the under twenties team or whatever it was for about five mm. minutes, and then he was upgraded to the main job. Yeah, no experience. That's nothing wrong. No experience. I think he he almost felt like they'd looked at a few appointments around the rest of Europe. They'd seen people like Good Frank point. Lampard get thrown into you know he, he earned his earned his wings at Derby, Frank Lampard, but then given the big job at Chelsea and Mikel Arteta taken from assistant coach at Manchester City into Arsenal. Pirlo, I read some reports recently after they, they drew at the weekend in Serie A and it looks as though he hasn't really found a way of, of getting the best out of this team. It's almost as if we know what Andrea Pirlo was like as a footballer, but maybe his tactics aren't being reflected of his of his style of play back in the day. So, And when you've not got Cristiano Ronaldo, even if he is exactly. still 35 and is still a bionic human, you know... Yeah. If you can't play, then you you are missing a massive, massive piece of the jigsaw there. A hundred percent. And he's without some other key players at the moment as well. Liverpool. It's like Fox Sports without Mark Bosnich. It just doesn't work. It's just not the same. It's just not the same. It's just not the same. A bit quieter. Liverpool. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Liverpool, another injury for Benio. So we'll find out exactly the severity of it. But what does he do, Klopp? Is there another defensive uh, player that he can maybe manufacture? Well, look, can there's Jordan a lot of Henderson players. play centre-back? Well, look, you know, I mean, this is where the, the manager earns his money, really. Um, and there are, a, there are a lot of players around Europe that are, that are free players. Um, loads of them because of the current situation. So it's up to Klopp and, and obviously the people that are advising him to, to, to definitely, they, they need to strengthen. And the bonus with the free players is you can sign them straight away. Mm. You don't have to wait for a transfer window. But uh, they're going to have to assess Fabinho, of course, but we already know and we talked about Van Dijk as, as, a, as, a, as a massive blow. But you've still got to be good enough, you know, as champions to challenge again even if you lose one or two players. I mean, even if they are key players. And, um, you know, they've still got a terrific side. I just think the way the season's going, I just I can't see any clear favourite at the moment. And I know it's very early, you know, but City have, what, they've played, how many have they played? Six. Mm. They've already lost one. They've drawn a couple. You know, Leeds look good. Aston Villa have looked good. They came down to earth last week. But, you know, Arsenal look good. Spurs look like they've got a side that if if they really got their... <laughs> If they got their, big but if they got their act together, you could see really Spurs doing something. And mm. and I think I think you know, and Spurs are a massive club, but I think they're a they're a smoky this year. I think they are. I don't I For every part of my yeah. <laughs> every part of you says, says no. no. But yeah, but I said about that about Liverpool for thirty years and finally it happened. But I, you're a Liverpool <laughs> fan though. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I <laughs> he doesn't hate the club. But I, I just look at the way that you know, they had that poor result against West Ham where it was a freak result. I think if that was a yeah. stadium full of supporters, that doesn't happen. But, That's the big thing. But the way in which that they are grinding out results, Burnley, they are, you know, I followed that game live on when was it Tuesday morning. Yep. And they didn't play very well. But you just knew that if anyone was going to win, that was it them. was going to be Tottenham. And we think if Gareth Bale can come back to the sort of form that he was in probably two years ago because... It's been that long, really, since he's had a great run of form and he's yeah. been playing injury-free. Mm. And they've got such a good depth of squad. You even look at players like Hoybier, they brought in in central midfield. Yeah. Mm. He looks brilliant and he slots in. He plays the way Jose Mourinho wants him to play. They, they can they just smash teams on the counter as well. Yeah. So imagine, even when they're out of games, they're in Imagine game. if Jose won a title with Tottenham. It'd be pretty funny, wouldn't it? It would be hilarious. <laughs> it would be pretty funny. I'm not sure Dottie would agree. No. <laughs> the, back, the, the special one returns. Would that... Would that just cap off the, the pandemic era for you yeah. if Spurs won a title? Yeah, it would be an extension of 2020 yeah. if they were to win that. Uh, but you know, they came, like the they came very then. close when that season when when Leicester won it. Oh, they they should have won. They should have won it that season. You know, they ended up finishing third because they, they had that capitulation against yeah. Chelsea. I think it they was were the, the team bridge. that it looked like that they were going to because everyone else had fallen. Yeah. Every all the other, you know, I'm talking about the so-called big ones, and take nothing away from what Leicester did, but that was Tottenham's year. Yeah, Trump's doctor reckons, or old doctor reckons, that the pandemic's going to go till 2022, so they could go back to back Spurs <laughs> in the pandemic era. They could be the pandemic era team. Please don't say that. You couldn't have another year like this, mind you. We're nearly next year, so looks like we're going to kick off again. I reckon we'll every chance of trying to top it. The they kick off and it's a girl. <laughs> and it's a girl. Charles. Charles, Charlie Charles. He was an Arsenal player. He was. Uh, AFC champion. For those of you with black and white screens, <laughs> Manchester United, they're kicking from left to right. <laughs> they that, kick off and it's a girl. Harry Anfield, <laughs> look it up. <laughs> AFC Champions League, Robbie. Uh, we're not hearing great things because <laughs> the way it is at the moment, I've been speaking to a few people about this. There was a report in the Herald today regarding the fact that it's going to be very difficult for the 
Australian teams to get back in time to be able to quarantine properly. They're talking to the governments. At the earliest, they can be out of quarantine at the moment on December 20. So they need to continue their pre-season preparations when they get back and serve their 14 days. Now, the problem is that the AFC will not budge at the moment no. on the fact that these two, these three teams, Sydney FC, Melbourne Victory, Perth Glory, have to go to Qatar and compete in this competition because there's a TV deal at stake. It's the last year of the current broadcast deal. The broadcast uh, rights owners are saying, no, you have to play, and there's about $10 million bucks on the line. Sounds familiar. So they're wedged, the Australian teams. The FFA, it's not their fault. They're wedged mm-hmm. as well. They don't want to upset the AFC, but conversely, they don't want to upset their own players and their own clubs because it's just... Not possible that you no, can... No, it's, 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 it really is a no-win situation for anyone. And from the looks of it, you know, without obviously knowing exactly what the conversations and exactly what's going on, is because we don't, um, it looks like they're going to have to go. They don't want to, though. None of the players Yeah, but the ramifications might be so big that, you know... Yeah. I mean, if the AFC, you know, they could... You could be talking about fines and, you know, exclusion from the next competition... Yeah. And that kind of thing. So, yeah, that's yeah, a big call. Like, like I said, it's a call that that you know only the people who are, who are talking about this situation at the moment really know how it's going to end up. If you're a player under contract, well, I've, to I've spoken. Club. To, I've spoken to players. I've spoken to coaches <laughs> of some of these teams, and uh, they don't want to go. If you're a player in one of these clubs, would you want to go? No, no, nope. no. Why would you in the current climate? Uh, knowing you've got to come back and isolate, you know, away from, you know, in 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 the current climate in the world where there's virtually no international travel, um, and you know, not being disrespectful to to the actual teams at the moment, but how much of a chance are our three clubs of going to through to the next stage? And that that's not shouldn't be all, always about that, mm. but I just think you know, from a health point of view and and you know, family point of view and and the way this the situation is. No, I wouldn't want to go. Dottie, what are you hearing about this situation? I think, unfortunately, with everything that we've seen with competitions when they've been pushed to restart, cash is king. It always comes down to the financial element. And you say about if they don't go, they get punished and they get suspended for next season if they were to qualify. You know, I, I was looking earlier today. It's around about $50,000 per win. Mm. And if you were to win the competition, it's just, just shy of $6 million mm. Oz. Now, if your clubs, you're looking at that and go, well, if we can sneak one, two wins in, mm. then, you know, we get a nice financial package because of doing that. The players, they'll say, well, listen, sorry, guys, you're, you're under contract. Well, you have to go. Well, you have to go. And if the players say, well, listen, we don't want to go, I don't even want to think about what it, what they would then be forced to do with regards to fines and, and contractual breaches and stuff mm. like that. But it's just... That won't happen. If they, if they have to go, they they'll go. Yeah. I think that's basically the bottom line. The trick is when they come back. You're a professional. You, you, no, you asked me as if I was a player in that situation, would I want to go? I said, no, I wouldn't want to go. That doesn't mean that you don't go. Yeah. I went to places I didn't want to go during my career. Such as? No. No. Come on. Old Trafford because I was lost. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I'm just saying you do things. Of course you do. Footballers do it all the time. We used to go, you know, soccerers would play a game somewhere, somewhere, and you you didn't really want to go, but you just go. And, mm. and it doesn't affect your performance. Once you get there, you, you knuckle down and you go, okay, we've got to do it. So they're looking at a quarantine situation, if they can set it up like they had for the three Melbourne clubs before the restart of the A-League. So get them in a hotel-type situation and 
stay in a bubble, be able to train and prepare for the new season. But that is going to be an astronomical cost. So you're talking about winning a few games. We're not that won't exactly, even cover that cost. We're not even exactly flush with money at the moment. So. 500, 500 grand. I, I saw a figure bounded yeah. around recently as to what they would have to pay for security escorts and, and you know, um, bubbles of their own in, in training complexes and hotels that have to rent out. I mean, where's all, that money coming from? All to protect the AFC's money that they don't see. So, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's a crazy situation. We'll see how it plays out in the next week or so because decision time is looming. In the A-League, a bit of news about. Um, guys, what do you make of this? So Brisbane Raw have changed their training base from Logan. Don't know exactly what happened there down to the Gold Coast, but it looks like they sent out a, a uh, member's letter to say that we're going to be playing our A-League games in Redcliffe next year. Not definitively. I looked at the wording of it and wasn't like we're playing all our games, but certainly Redcliffe was mentioned. Is that a good move to have Brisbane in the middle, <laughs> Gold Coast down one side where you're going to train, and Redcliffe to the north of Brisbane where they're going to play? It sounds a little bit strange, to be fair. Um, I think the move to Redcliffe given what we saw when they played there, is a good move. And I think there is a general feeling amongst not only clubs and, and players as well uh, and fans that the moves away from the bigger stadiums into boutique stadiums is, uh, is, a, is a desired move. Hmm. Um, you look at what's in the FC, we're playing at Jubilee and Leichhardt was hugely yeah. successful. You know, you get... Anywhere between ten and sixteen thousand, it looks fantastic. And you know, you, you know, we know in the bigger stadiums that those kind of you get you get ten thousand at Suncorp, and it doesn't look very good. Yep. And that's that's the, just the simple yeah, reality. You got Eight thousand, and record. because of the way the climate around the competition in the last few years, that's the way we're thinking now. Yeah, because in all reality, along the fifteen years, we've played in those big stadiums in our most successful years, and no one did, said much about it. As someone who's grown up in a, a football environment where everybody yeah. has a boutique stadium, essentially, you know, you look at League One clubs, League Two clubs, there's yeah. something special about playing in front of those those grounds. And even if, you know, hopefully when the new season does kick off, there's an even higher percentage of fans that are allowed back in. It does make a difference. We were working the TV industry. Mm. Seeing a stadium on TV that has Full. nobody in it. Oh, it's deflating. But then you see the opposite and there's a boutique ground with flags everywhere, fans yeah. packed in. It just makes the whole thing look better, feel better. And I bet as a player... Of course you play you, better. Yeah, you must have played in grounds yeah. where you've gone there and think, geez, nobody even wants us to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't happen too often where Robbie used to play in, in Europe but, yeah, but, no, <laughs> before but, he went. Well, uh, yeah, but I played in the old NSL that was before happening. I left for over two, you know, over 200 games. Although that was different, so we're not even going to talk about that. But, yeah, you know, smaller stadiums... Against big stadiums, there's, it's a little argument, really. Wellington Phoenix, surely they go to Wollongong and set up there. That's a nice little base and they can maybe forge a, a link with the community because seven months it looks like they're going to be on the road and they're going to try and stay in accommodation where it's comfortable for the players. It's not like a little box hotel and that, that's all they see. It's a, an apartment style, a townhouse, a villa maybe. Villa. Ricky Villa. To stay in and uh, maybe the family's over. They might have to chip in themselves to get the families over. But, uh, wow, that's a, that's a big, big commitment. Big commitment. It's, it's incredible. Uh, and, you know, you hear and see things and, and things that are about to happen like that. Mm. And the things that have happened in this last year, it's just we've seen things we never thought we'd ever see. You know, and I'm you're closer, but I'm older than you guys and I've never, ever witnessed anything like this before. What we've seen, 
it's, it's extraordinary. So nothing really surprises you anymore when you hear about it. It's going to be a difficult year. Good news is, by the way, Robbie, I don't know if you know, you can holiday in Queensland. We're here in New South Wales. Um, Friday they're opening up the borders the day before the... Uh, they're going to announce on Friday that they're going to open up the borders on Sunday around the uh, Queensland election. Oh, so the Republic's... The Republic's <laughs> state of Queensland has, has, has opened up the borders. Ah. Well, between, between Palaszczuk and Dan Andrews, geez, what a double those two are. <laughs> you, know, you know what should happen to, to Palaszczuk? She, her passport should be stamped and never allowed to, to come to New South Wales. <laughs> and the guy McGowan in Western... He should do the same yeah, thing. He, he should never be allowed to come to Western Australia. I'm serious. <laughs> Out of Western Australia. Yeah. I mean. No, no. He can go anywhere else, but he's not coming to New South Wales. <laughs> what they've done is, is – sorry, I'm not going to make this here we a political go. <laughs> yeah. podcast. Paul Murray over here. It's just, uh, it's just disgraceful. It <laughs> Dot- really is. It's ridiculous. Dottie, um, so happy if you've got holidays coming up that you can go to Queensland, but um, more importantly, Wellington Phoenix, the sacrifices they're going to have to make. But some good news from – they're signing players left, right and centre, and big for them that David Ball has re-signed for three years. So mm. he must love it in this part yeah, of the world. Indeed. Uh, it has to be said, like, what a – a fantastic commitment that they've made. They've, they've last year, and, and since I've been in Oz, they're a club that I've seen just get better, get better and better. After all the speculation and mm. the licence with regards to Wellington and all the underperforming years that they had. Which they still owe money for as well, so that's going on with the FFA, by the way. But what a for them to, to, to make this commitment, like we saw in the NRL with, yep. the, with the Warriors coming over and going to Tamworth, yep. and people just embrace them, and you... I don't know what it would be like from a player's perspective of whether or not it does kind of galvanise you as being away from everything and mm. you kind of allow yourself to be this us against them sort of thing. Mm. You know, we're, we're yeah, here. Siege we're, mentality. Yeah, siege mentality. We're here as a, as a bonded group of players. But then when they've been able to bring players like David Bourne, not only – I know David stayed in New Zealand during mm. this whole thing. He didn't go back to Manchester. He mm. stayed here and mm. he went all around New Zealand on his holidays and – Ulysses Davila is going to come back as well, I think, which would be amazing for them. Brilliant, yep. And what a great player and he for was the last year. <laughs> the competition, superb. They've, they've, you know, they've bought, re-signed some some Kiwi lads as well. They're, mm. they're just, they've handled this thing so well. They have. They deserve such a, you know, a pat on the back. Would almost I think be they have. Because they've think, done, they, they uh, didn't have to do this in terms of the way that they, you know, came mm. over the first time. And they said, listen, we're going to do whatever needs to be done in order to finish the season. They had a brilliant season last season. They yep. were unlucky. You know, I think they became the, – the biggest compliment you could pay them is that they almost became everybody's second favourite team yep. last season. They're cool. The way that they played. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Just on, like, coming to the other part of the world like you did, like, what made you come to Australia? Partner. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mrs. No um, has two passports and she met – we met in London. She's Australian, grew up in the Blue Mountains and then we came back here and – yeah, worked my way into Fox somehow. <laughs> did, you, did you have to be talked into it? No, I was ready because I'd been in, I'd been working within sort of the Premier League and and for an old Talksport radio station for like ten years. Yeah. Talksport, yeah, that one, yeah, the gruff. Doesn't yeah. Bozza still talk to Tradies yeah. Radio? Yep, Talksport, Talksport. That's when I first heard the laugh. Bozza's <laughs> laugh. Yeah, when I used to work on the breakfast show. Oh, it sounds Hearing like him at that four yeah. four o'clock in the morning. That laugh. Have you ever the seen the show Flipper? Sounds like flip with Alan Brazil. Yeah. <coughs> Alan Brazil. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, dear. So, yeah, you, you, you had enough of getting up at 4 o'clock in the yeah. morning listening to Boz's laugh, so you came out here to Did listen that. to it face-to-face. Oh, listen, it was an amazing experience. I, I was very fortunate that I got into a position where I was doing f- probably three Premier League games on location every week. I went to two wow. Euros, one World Cup. You know, I did some cricket around the world. It was a fa- I just loved it, but I was ready for a, for a new challenge. Yeah. What was the best game you saw live? Uh, Sorry, this is your so life, done, James Dodd. I've done the World Cup. I did the France-Croatia World Cup final. That was great. 
I've been to... Allez les bleus. Allez les bleus. I was there when um, Andrea Bocelli sung at King Power Stadium. Oh, no way. Yeah, when Leicester lifted the front so that, top. Yeah, that's oh, right. That so Ranieri's cool. guided him. Did anyone know it was going to happen? Uh, was there a little inkling? We were briefed beforehand, but we it wasn't an embargo, but we were asked basically don't, you know, don't make a big thing about it. We'll try and let everyone be surprised the fact that this, yeah. you know, iconic singer is going to be singing in front of all these fans who, let's be honest, I don't think... Everybody in that stadium knew who he was. <laughs> they were they were singing and they were singing Claudio Ranieri's name during whilst he was singing. I heard it. And he was saying, "Shush, shush, appreciate this man." <laughs> Let's actually what pause. a moment that was. Let's pause and have a listen to that. That was extraordinary. That was absolutely extraordinary. Never to be seen again no. type thing, but <laughs> Ranieri telling everyone to shut the hell up. <laughs> Pay a little respect the man. Respect the man. Um, one more one on the local game before we move on. Uh, Florent Indalesio, I think I've got his name right. At the start of this year, he was playing for Fraser Park in the MPL in New South Wales. And now MPL he's... what? MPL 8. No, 4, I think, or something like that. Oh, that makes a difference. And now he's at Newcastle United. <laughs> Signed for, the, I think, their reserve team yeah. squad. Uh, he's not first team. He's not top 25. He's not in the Premier League squad. But Steve Bruce has liked something uh, that he's seen on the training ground there at St James's Park, uh, at Newcastle. There was a great clip that uh, I think did the rounds on social media of him scoring a scissor kick in training as well. And I, I, I saw recently that I think he's friends with Saint Maximam. Yeah, and he was the recommendation to to bring him in. He's obviously stayed in contact. They must have played youth football together at some stage over the years, oh, yeah. and then they've probably stayed on the WhatsApp together. But well, to, to what a story that is! Oh, good luck to him. And no, seriously, yeah. that's a great story. Would there be anyone that you'd happily help? Sign for another team, Robbie. If you were a player at a club like that, it sounds like his mates really looked after him there. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> He's just every I'm too old to remember, mate. <laughs> too old to remember. Uh, there's a few players I've made sure that wouldn't come, <laughs> but you never made a recommendation to the Lawns president or something like that for a player to try and get him over there. Oh uh, yeah, I did. I remember there was a couple of Aussie when I was at Lawns. Uh, Brad Maloney came over. Yep, and I remember talking him up to the. Yeah, but ultimately it comes down to what they do on the pitch. It doesn't matter what someone says about someone. And that obviously gives them a, a certain uh, – gets them away along the line to a certain point and then it's all about the, the lads, you know. Yeah. You know, going out training. and Look, every team's the same, professional team in the world, particularly in England where it's – you know, they don't let you get away with anything. And, um, yeah, if you're not good enough, they'll just tear you to shreds. But it's even more remarkable, very quickly, that given his age, you know, he's, it's not like he's 17. No. That's and then 24, is Yeah, it? and there's kids yeah. in the academy going, oh, come on, mate. Like, <laughs> yeah. You were laying bricks in Australia. <laughs> yeah. I've been working my backside off every week trying to get a professional contract. But, no, fair play to him. Yeah, I, actually, my daughter does a Sunday dance class right next to Fraser Park's home ground. So I, I drove past the other day thinking, so you're telling me that some guy was playing on that 
patch of artificial turf. Yes. And then six months later, he signed with you. It's a crazy story. Wish him well. Hopefully, it goes well. Um, our best wishes as well to Mesut Ozil over at Arsenal yeah. at the moment. Robbie, on face value, and we'll get into it in more detail. his debut against Everton this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Dottie knows the whole story. And That's why I've tipped Everton. <laughs> but on face value, Robbie, what do you make of this weird story? Mesut Ozil not playing, binned at Arsenal. Oh, look, it's, it's obviously more than football reasons, I think. I think, Dottie, you've got more to say on this. Look, I know I, I, I know what it's like to be frozen out uh, as, as a footballer at a, at a football club. It's happened to many players over the years, and but this one's a pretty big name. I mean, you're talking about Ozil here. You're talking about a World Cup winner. You're talking about a superstar. So you're talking about eight hundred grand a week in wages, Australian. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a good story. No, Dottie, fill us in. I read an article on the New York Times the other day, and I know you can't believe everything you read, but it was pointing to the fact that as soon as he came out and supported or, or, or started yelling about the fact that there were things happening, and I'll stay right out of it because it's gone down a rabbit hole, I don't really yeah. want to go down, in China, in Western China, to a Muslim minority group that they, they were being persecuted, that Ozil made noise about it and all of a sudden everything changed. Can we put one-on-one -on -one together here or is there more to it? Right. On the long run, I, I did a, a chronological order very briefly. So it was the, the Uyghur Muslims that, you know, Meza Uzlim is, uh, Meza Ozil rather is a very proud Muslim mm -hmm. man, tweeted about that. Lots of support. He's, he's a machine on social media. His PR is, is sensational. Arsenal as a club have always, like all football clubs, maintained an, an apolitical stance. Yep. We know that the, China is the biggest... Um, supplier of cash for in terms of overseas mm. broadcasters for the Premier League. Mm -hmm. So they didn't Premier League didn't get involved. Mm. As a result of what Adam said about that tweet, China then essentially removed Meza Ozil from existence in China. They refused to show on two of the state TV channels, Arsenal against Manchester United, which obviously is a massive game anyway. Of course. They refused it? to broadcast it because of what Meza Ozil had, had tweeted. The, the funny thing is, from a football perspective, he then played every game under Mikel Arteta until the COVID break. Mm. Okay. So he featured in every game. His stats last year, if you talk about purely football perspective, weren't good. He had two assists mm. last season. There's mm. somebody that, you know... Led the assist. Led the assist. And <clears throat> is that his, his thing? Yeah. His assisting players. That's not very good from a football perspective. You then have the fact that he refused to take a pay cut. He was one of three players, I believe, that refused to take a 12.5% pay cut for 12 months mm. on 350 grand a week pounds yeah, it's not a good look it's not a good look no Arsenal then it was made public that he was one of those players and he's got a target on his back of course he has now there's no secret that Arsenal want rid of Mesut Ozil they tried to sell him for two transfer windows running they didn't get rid of him by him not playing there is no secret that he's obviously not hitting clauses and bonuses that he would be getting that would probably top up his contract to its maximum value which would be $550 billion. <laughs> which would be enormous. But then if you look at the fact that Mesut Ozil didn't play a single minute of yeah. Premier League football so, or other pre football after the, after the restart, yeah. something's not right. Mikel Arteta banished him from sort of first team, you know, match duties. He was still yeah. training because I think if he doesn't train, then they can go, right, well, you've not... Is he training with training. the squad or with the under-14s? Uh, he's still training with the squad. 
Yeah, he's still there. I don't think you can do that anymore. In my time, you could do that. It happened just, to Archie Thompson. Yeah, you just you just banish him to Siberia. Yeah. But Matteo Genduzzi was another one. They froze them out because he didn't like their attitude. Mm. Okay. So then you have a position where Gunasaurus, you know, weird fact about him, Jeremy Key, he is actually Ray Parler's father-in-law. <laughs> weird enough. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, he's incredible. He's a great guy, Ray. <laughs> Lovely. No. Top man. Um, Top but man. then you have... Didn't think we'd mentioned Ray Parler's <laughs> father-in-law in this podcast. <laughs> we, could, hey. we could tell a few Ray Parler stories. <laughs> I've got a couple. Yeah. I bet you have yeah. as well. <laughs> but, but then you've got the position whereby Arsenal make that as a business decision, like they made 55 people redundant, and then they sign William on... A free, yeah, free yeah, transfer yeah. for, I think it's maybe 150, 200 grand a week. A lot of people say, how can you justify one and, and, and yeah, then do that? Yeah. Mm. But then I think a lot of people would say, well, I'm sorry, but three people in the marketing department don't win you an FA Cup <laughs> or don't won't score you a winner in the Premier League. You know, So it's a really weird, yeah. horrible position to be in. But then making the mascot redundant, he used that as a PR stunt. Yeah. He used the hashtag justice for Gunnosaurus. That's like, that would be the equivalent of us going against our employer yeah. in a public forum. <laughs> you, know, like, you don't win. Justice don't, for Henry the Octopus or something. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's a really, really bizarre situation. You've then got his agent coming out and saying it's not footballing reasons he's not playing. And, I, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm in two minds about the agent because at one point, you know, he put Arsenal over a barrel and got this contract for Mesut Ozil. Yeah, but yeah. They would have known, both of them, he wasn't going to be selected in the Europa League squad or the Premier League. They would have known that. It's not as if they've gone, oh, yeah, by the way, just, just to let you know, you're not playing until January now mm. at the earliest. It's not a surprise to them. So he could have got him a move. As his agent, yeah. his job is to do the best by his client. And if his client's not playing football... He should be playing football. Well, he's, fo- he's lining his pockets, the agent. And that's where, well, with the that's money. where you think maybe... Robbie, weird things happen Crazy. with football players all the time. What Some of the... Examples and it has happened to you, as you mentioned. It happened at Underleg. You've mentioned that on a previous podcast. Have you seen it happen to teammates and you just look over at him and you go, Oh, sorry, pal. Oh, many. But there's, there's, and I thought about this last night. There's many, not to that point. I mean, you know, but there are many, many players that get put that get put out. And, the, 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 you know, when I played, it was, more, I don't know if it's the same anymore, but it was more old school when I was playing. It was sort of at that time when Wenger had come in to England, things were about to change big time. But it was still very old school and, and managers, the old school managers, they just treat people like they're invisible. If they didn't like you, they didn't talk to you. Didn't talk to you? Didn't let you no, train with the first team? Uh, yeah, no, there were some I, there were some players that, that, were, that trained with the reserve team, but more often than not, they'd still train. Does it have any but there effect? were no chance of getting in the match day squad. Does it have any effect on the players that are playing, or everyone just? <laughs> well, I saw it happen to a, quite a few English players. Do you know what? English players mentally tough. They just get through it because I think they know that they're going to move on, because that's what eventually happens. You know, it doesn't go on and on and on, and there's nothing political about it. It's just manager don't like you, and then it probably you, it happens. You know, over a two to three month period, and then they move on. So it doesn't have a massive disturbance in the dressing room in terms of no, affecting right. team morale results. No. Because it, football's a team game, but it's also an individual game. So players ain't stupid. They're not going to go side with a player who's in Siberia against a manager who's manager. Mm. It's the same old thing. What do you always hear when a manager gets sacked or a coach here in the A-League? The and the next, uh, yeah, he's lost the dressing room. He's done this. And and what <laughs> any player that gets interviewed like the day after when someone gets announced as the new coach... You know, they're, they're all, pro- oh, you know, you know, he's going to do this and I'm really looking forward to working there. Da, 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 da. And it's like you've forgotten. It's just football. What's yeah. that like as a, as a player? If you're in, you're in the dressing room, you, you'll know what yeah. people are earning. 
if you've got a player you know is on <clears throat> a lot of money in comparison to other people, yeah. you see that player not putting in no. the shift. What's that like? Does that destroy a... a oh, yeah, that does. But, but I think in my era... In fairness, the money wasn't like it was here. I mean, if you if if you go to a, maybe the biggest example, Chris Sutton signed for Blackburn Rovers, fifteen mil, uh, five million pound record transfer, and he was on twelve thousand pounds a week, which was apparently the record. Mm. You know, that was you know this was at a time when Ian Wright was on. You know, they had a wage structure at Arsenal where five thousand pounds was the limit, and Ian Wright was on it. <laughs> <coughs> so you didn't have this like ridiculous like. Urzil, yeah. 350,000. If you're a, a, an Arsenal player in, in that dressing room at the moment, maybe you're on, I don't know what the minimum wage is, they're probably 40,000. Some players 50, on 25,000 pounds. Well, there you go. Yeah. Then, then, And it, you see someone carrying on like a twat for, for you know, not wanting of a, a, a good English uh, expression, hmm. then yeah, that causes problems. I think that's also, just to bring it finally back to the end of the Urzil thing, is that what wound a lot of people up is that. His, his line on not taking the pay cut was we wanted to see what happened. We wanted to see how it panned out and everything mm. like that. But then you've got someone like Bukayo Saka, who's been, who got his new contract at the start of this season, mm. was fantastic in his breakout year last year, mm. an academy kid that's come all the way through. He took a pay cut. Yeah. And he was, he's probably on a tenth of what Mezzo yeah. was on. Yeah. No, there's nothing good about that, man. And, you know, let's see how it goes. What, how many people are going to die? So at what point... You know, do you go, okay, then I better take the 12 and a half. It's just... How are they going to go, by the way, this weekend, Dotty? Arsenal. I've tipped them to win. Oh, you're brave. 2-1, Abama Yang first goal. You got any hope for them? Um, I I do, but they've got to be clever. They've they've got to go. And Arteta does do well in big games, to Mm. be fair. Like, he sets them up a bit better than (coughs) at home to West Ham. You know, I know they won, but they didn't play very well. I've seen them like Leicester. They played into Leicester's <coughs> hands when they lost. But Rogers is smart in these big games against high position. Yeah, look, he is. it's true, he is, and Leicester won the game. But I, I, I watched the mini-match, okay? So I didn't watch the whole match. From what I saw, you replay that game ten times, Arsenal win at nine. They were the better team. Yeah. They lost. They missed out when David Luiz went off in. Yeah, and it's 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 one of these. That's an that. extraordinary sentence. Yeah. That is <laughs> an extraordinary <laughs> sentence. But the way he played, like they, you know, they, they just... It was essentially reminded me of a bit of a, like a Roy Hodgson <laughs> setup, where it was stay in the game until late and yeah. then go, and yeah. that's what they knew. And they stayed in late. And they knew Arsenal would push and push and push, and they put Vardy on the ball over the top, and they scored. But Perfect. They, they, I reckon they'll try and do what Chelsea did at Old Trafford. Mm. Don't let Manchester United play in behind because okay. we saw how good Marcus Rashford is. I mean, yeah. it's, it's suicide if you do that. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, one last one, and I'm only bringing up this because I want Dottie to speak Spanish. <laughs> can speak Spanish. But moi je vais parler français, lui peut parler espagnol. No, I want you in a second. In a and second. das Deutsch is. <laughs> das Mannschaft. Das ist richtig. Barcelona, this place is turning into a calamity, even though they got a fantastic result um, against Juventus. But yeah, And this might have had something to do with the Joseph Maria um, Bartomeu, who was the president. He was about to be pushed off the cliff and said, oh, that's right, I'll jump. So he's out as president, but he's left he, – basically, he's left one in the toilet and hasn't flushed, hasn't he, and on his way out yeah. at that last press conference. What's happened? Uh, essentially, the line was, oh, yeah, by the way, I've just signed us up for a European Super League. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> and it, boom, boom. Everyone went, what? <laughs> 4.6 
billion pounds, I think, is what the creation of this league is going to be worth. <laughs> so the, the Javier Tebas, who's in charge of La Liga, said yeah. this is a disgrace. This is essentially you all lining your own pockets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody wants this. No, no, if you're no. a football fan, nobody wants to sign up to a European Super Players League where don't want it's it. going to become no relegation. It's going to be like the NFL. There's no relegation. There's no danger. It's just going to be a money-making machine and of which, oh, brilliant. So we're playing Real Madrid again next week. Mate, we kill football, man. But he's done that. And, you know, he and this is all because he has overseen, he's had two terms as the president. He, I I don't think it's an exaggeration to say he goes down as the worst ever president of Barcelona. They've had a terrible record on the field recently. Like, you know, for Barcelona not to win any trophies, even like the Copa del Rey, that's, that's bad. It's unheard of. But the European Cup is what they judge their success on, like Real Madrid as well. Mm. You know, they've won a lot of La Liga titles, but the European Cup, I think Lionel Messi's only won three. And I know saying only won three, but... Poor guy. Yeah. But you look at someone like Cristiano Ronaldo, or, or Lionel Messi wants more than that. Mm. But their financial fi- uh, figures are a disaster. Yeah. You saw them trying to offload players. Like, they lot offloaded Luis Suarez for, for variables of up to €6 million. Euros. It's Luis Suarez, Rakitic, the same to Sevilla. Mm. Like, That's the way like that two months run, for Mesut Ozil's watches. <laughs> the way that they've been run is so yeah. bad. And also there was a chance he, he got the no uh, vote of no confidence. So he didn't want to be the first president in Barcelona's history to be ousted, essentially. <laughs> What's the French word for disaster? La merde. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not actually disaster. Catastrophe. Catastrophe. C'est une tragédie. Voilà. Spanish as well. How Spanish? You just went there heaps as a kid. Yeah. In the holiday We've had a um, holiday home southeast coast, a place called Fantastic. El Maria. Yeah. Um, so you support El Maria? Yeah, yeah. Their Arsenal is obviously my, my team I grew up with, but I followed that El Maria for probably yeah. 12 years Any now, A-League guys years? come from El Maria? Um, it's been, hasn't it? No, but Corona. Oh, yeah, Corona. Corona. Corona came in. Don't talk Brisbane about Raw. Corona. Oh, <laughs> not that one. <laughs> oh, it's the other <laughs> The good one. The good Corona. <laughs> the one that set up Jamie McLaren for about 80 goals once. Yeah, yeah, no, he yeah, was he good. Came. He came. Yeah. And they've, they've, listen, they, uh, they've gone from La Liga mm. to down, then back up again. And then the last six years, they've survived relegation. The previous four, well, the four seasons yeah. on the last day from going down to the third division, which was catastrophic. Wow. Happened. The catastrophe. Catastrophe. <laughs> catastrophe. Um, and then last season, they got to the semifinals in the playoffs. They got beaten. But, they, you know, I was going to bring this up because there's a tedious link between Newcastle here as well because Almeria last year got beat, uh, got bought by a Saudi Arabian <laughs> businessman. Yeah. Of course. It was allowed so to happen, was it? Yeah, it was allowed to happen. But yeah, he is nice. obviously, he works for your man, the Crown Prince. He is well, he's the not my man. He's not of, our man. <laughs> We've still got Humpty Dumpty in charge of the club. <laughs> Mike Ashley, unfortunately. Anyway. But he's been, he's been brilliant. For all that it's a great source about. of amusement to every other Premier <laughs> yeah. League fan. Uh, <laughs> when the, the first season, the first game at St James Park, there's Mike Ashley still there. So in Spanish, what are you doing this weekend, Dotty? And I'll get right A la playa. No. No. Está lloviendo. Está lloviendo. Uh, este fin de semana voy a ir a trabajar en domingo para mm. Fox Sports News. Y también, probablemente, beber muchas cervezas. Robbie, in French, what are you doing this weekend? Bah, moi, je vais jouer avec les, les enfants, comme toujours. Je vais faire le, le baseball avec la, le petit Mathieu. Uh, Indigo, uh, de, il a signé pour le foot. Et après, je vais... Uh, ah, j'ai un, lunch, uh, j'ai un déjeuner, vendredi à Manly. 
Yeah, I via the dribblers. Via the dribblers and bois de la beer. <laughs> Going to the he calls his local watering hole the dribblers <laughs> because if you've been in there, you know exactly why it's called. Cool. So I said, I'm going. So via the dribblers to bois la beer. Uh, he's the, so I'm he's going the to the dribblers to drink beer. He's, he's the Bartomeu of the, the dribblers. Yes. <laughs> and in English, I'll be driving around all weekend, children to their sport, and then going. Well, I did say well. that. I'll, yeah, I'll be doing. Uh, a lot of sport with the kids and... Gentlemen, really enjoyed that cultural inclusion right at the end there. Robbie Slater, have a good weekend driving around in the baseball and the dribblers. Yes, which shall be good. Good to see you. And um, Dottie, I think you said you're going to work. Dottie's didn't pick up anything Sunday else. I think, Do- I think Dottie should be a regular. We'll get Dottie in again for sure. Yeah, that's good. Vote Pleasure. one, Dottie. Done. Done. Yeah. Thanks, mate. And thank you for listening as well. Big thanks to EA Sports FIFA 21. Win as one. Get involved in that particular game. Special edition of the Fox Football Podcast coming up next week with Indigenous Football Week on the horizon. So some two very special guests for that one. But thanks for your time this week on the Fox Football Podcast brought to you by EA Sports FIFA 21. Au revoir. Adios.